Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, and welcome to Financials Podcast, Future Rich. My name is Barbara Ginty, and I am your host, and I'm also a CFP, which is a Certified Financial Planner. And I am here today with our fan favorite, Natasha. Hey! <laughs> and also um, Alex, otherwise known as Potter, our producer. Hello! So this is a first that we have both the lovely ladies on, but I thought that this would be a fun way to kind of talk about um, home buying, which we chatted a little bit about last year and how to balance home buying with student loans. But now... Um, Alex and I both purchased properties at the end or very beginning of end of 19, beginning of 2020. Yeah. And so we thought, right. Yeah. You were supposed to be end of 19. Like I was. It was supposed to be end of 19. And that's something that I am, will be on my list of things I wish I knew is that you really don't get the house when you want it. <laughs> uh, hey, I actually, I didn't get to move into my house for two months. Um, after I purchased it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's another thing I think that people don't tell you is you don't, it doesn't, it definitely doesn't go as planned. So Alex, you actually didn't move into your house until, or didn't buy your house until 2020. And I bought my house in 19, but didn't get a move into 2020, um, which is part of the negotiations, which was fine. But I think the interesting thing is, and this is something I actually wasn't expecting at all, but how many expenses there are after you move in? Oh my God. It's never ending. <laughs> So, okay, so for the lovely listeners, I bought a, a, a property that's going to be my primary residence for part of the year. It has a rental unit attached that I'm using to Airbnb. And Alex's situation is a little different. Yeah, so um, my husband and I rent an apartment in New York City that we live in full time. And we bought a house in a little town upstate, like two and a half hours north of here, um, that we'll primarily use on weekends and holidays. And then we haven't decided yet if we're going to rent it out or not. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So I moved in and I owned, I had stuff in my apartment in New York, which I sold to the girl living in that apartment illegally. So no one rat me out, please. Um, and so I had uh, nothing when I moved into my house. I think I had a pot and like two plastic plates from Target. And, oh, yeah. And like one mug. And what so, more did you need? <laughs> I mean, what more did you need? I spent, and then I have to have I happen to be sick when I moved in which is like pretty terrible oh I had a bed I had a bed um so it was just like well I guess I'll just sit in my bed with my laptop because like otherwise I'm just gonna sit on the floor in the kitchen or sit in the floor in the living room but there was just like no options and it takes forever to order furniture oh yeah lead times were like I looked at a couch and they're like yeah you can have it by May and I was like I can't sit oh on the floor God. I can't sit oh on the floor for months <laughs> I'm totally getting used to living, you know, I've been in New York City for so long that now dealing with a much more rural area, I keep getting caught off guard. So I ordered a couch. And after I spent a bunch of money on said couch, 
I found out that they only deliver to my area on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? Like, how does that even work? Like, I'm going to have to take a day off work just to receive this couch. And they were like, yep, like it's a rural area. So Tuesday or Wednesday it is. And I'm like, okay, that would have been great to know beforehand. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that either. But like all of the deliveries and like I'm single, so I like by myself, but all the deliveries, it's like we it's like freaking spectrum who I hate spectrum. It's like we'll give you a window between nine and, and two. And it's like nine and two? We we can't narrow it down anymore. Like, like an entire day. So I have to sit at home all day. And you know what time they come. They come at like one forty five. Or like three thirty. Like it's really it's the window crazy. isn't even that firm. Yeah. So I spent a lot of the time, like the first couple of months of the year, which we're in still now, but I'm spending a lot of time having to wait at home, waiting for deliveries of like a couch or an ottoman or a mirror or whatever it is, mattress. Yeah. All of that stuff. So that's super time consuming. And I never thought about that. I also never thought about how much it costs to furnish an entire house. Oh my gosh. I know. It's way different than an apartment. I lived in a 400 square, 400 square foot apartment to get that word out and I guess I'm finally upgrading my life it was like mainly Ikea back then and I like decided I don't want to be building all my furniture right. although I do love Ikea and I do I did order a bunch of stuff from Ikea nothing that needed to be assembled yeah, Ikea, if you're oh. listening we will take that sponsorship yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just don't want to assemble the furniture yeah. So when you're buying assembled furniture it's expensive I think you bring up a good point too Barb because like I'm currently still renting and I feel like because it it's like it's not my apartment. I feel like I don't have to like have it completely furnished or like I don't have to have really nice stuff because it's just like, well, someone hopefully I'll have a house. So like I'm fine with just having like this kind of crappy hand-me-down Ikea, um, no offense, Ikea, like table. So I feel like, yeah, once you get your own home and you're like, okay, this is it, I'm going to settle in. Like you're kind of more willing to, to pay money for furniture. And that's something I didn't even think about either. Like a lot of my stuff here is right. kind of rickety. So it's like, I don't think I would be taking it with me or like not taking it with me for a long term um, or for a long time. So um, yeah, yeah. You're so that's much more long term in this situation, yeah. which it makes you, you want to buy something quality because you're imagining being in your house for many, many years. Mm-hmm. It's not like renting where you're like, oh, this is a year long lease. Who knows what I'm going to do next year? Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Like I signed a 30 year mortgage. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, I should buy the plates that can go in the microwave. Like, I should spend the money for the microwavable plates that match. But it's expensive. And so I think I thought it was like an important thing that we should talk about because home buying is an important step for a lot of people and it's a big step. But um, I was surprised. I'm surprised at how much it costs to furnish. I bought a house that's not a fixer upper and I'm I'm shocked. um, And I, I bought a house that's fairly big it's three bedroom two bath has two living like two living tv room and formal living room and i'm surprised um how much it's it's costing me to furnish because you also like i have a i have guest bedroom so i need like extra towels for when people come and you need like extra shampoo for the extra bathroom and like you need another trash bin in there and another shower curtain in there i granted i really add that yeah it has a fast like and the little I had friends visit and they're like, Barb, you don't have a plastic liner on that other bathroom. Like it's going to mold. And I was like, oh shoot, I forgot about that. Um, I was kind of hoping to be like, well, you know, the thing is though, I sprung for a queen size air mattress. So it's going to be great. 
<laughs> they were actually they were staying on a queen oh, air no. mattress that I, that I borrowed that I borrowed I didn't want to buy it because I had already bought a queen mattress that just hadn't shown mm. up yet so like and he was like, you should just buy an air mattress. You'll keep it for a long time. I was like, no, no, no. I already bought a real mattress. I can't buy an air mattress as well. That's not in the budget. Um, yeah, so I'm probably not even going to furnish my entire place. I'll probably furnish it over the course of a year, maybe a year and a half, and just get, I want to get, like, one guest bedroom done, obviously the bathroom, kitchen, dining area, and then my bedroom, and then, like, worry about the rest of the space later. Mm-hmm. I had a little treat because my furnace broke over the weekend, so that's also going to push back the home decorating budget because even though I brought I bought a house that's totally updated and apparently the furnace is only two years old it was ex- super expensive and I'm getting a second opinion which I am so nervous about oh my god to fix it yeah. like I've, I've no even like realm well, comprehension of how much that would be okay so it costs a thousand dollars to get them to get the heat back on because I was without heat for three days and I was worried about um the house being too cold and damaging like the pipes or like a pipe bursting or something like that and causing another problem. I didn't want to be cheap and not spend a thousand dollars and then cause another yeah. problem in the house that then right. cost me more time and money. Cause once again, I have to stay at home and be available for them to be there for, it took them 10 hours to figure out the problem over the course of two days. Oh in which case gosh. I was using said air mattress to sleep in the living room in front of the electric fireplace because it was so cold. Not being able to just call up your landlord and say, Hey, this is broken. You need to deal with this is so intimidating it's scary I was like down there looking at the furnace and I'd be like I'm gonna turn you off and I'm gonna you know I'm gonna give you a nice little pet here and I'm gonna hope that if I'm nice to you you'll turn back on and the first time it worked the second and third and fourth and fifth and sixth and seventh time it did not turn back on so I had to call like an HVAC but the recommendation at the end of it was that I might need to replace like the main part of the furnace or potentially the whole furnace so like that could run me another twenty five to five thousand or anywhere between these quotes are crazy. So I hope you're all sitting down between ten and thousand dollars. Is there any way? Oh my god! That, like, the house is, I was like, like here. because the house is so new. Like can they can the former owner still be responsible for that? Or no? So in certain states, that's yeah. In certain states, that's very possible that there's signed contracts I didn't buy a house in a state where that is where that happens which is such a bummer um so I'm going to be getting a second opinion and I'm really confident that hopefully my second or third opinion will come Mm -hmm. in with a better price point and then hopefully the parts are warranted. so I think I'm probably just going to go the route of hiring labor to get new parts and get but the issue is it wasn't installed by a company so then the workmanship isn't warranted. which is of all kind of yeah it'd be really great to call the landlord and be like oh the heat's not working (laughs) but anyway those are my fun facts from purchasing a home. I was going to say, let's go back. I feel like these are all kind of post-purchasing unexpected events. What about the purchasing process was surprising or, you know, crazy to you? So <laughs> unexpected. This was unexpected. So this is my second purchase. My first purchase was an office building in New York, which has a rental. Um, and that was commercial. So it was like a different type of mortgage And New York state has lawyers and more paperwork. And the second place I purchased was out in Salt Lake city, Utah. Um, the scariest part for me is you literally wire your entire down payment, um, to this like oh routing <laughs> and you like, yeah. And I was like, I'd really like to bring a check and hand it to somebody in like a building where I know that I'm sending it to the right place. And they're like, no, that's not how we do it. And I was like, this is terrifying. Cause like once you hit send and like once the company, you know, my bank verified, like, 
where I was sending it to, which mind you, they gave me the wrong name. The bank had changed names. So oh, they're like, you had the God. name wrong. So you didn't pass the security check. So we're not sending the money. So then I totally freaked out. And was like, are you sure this isn't a scam? Are you sure this is like the right place to send money? I really want to bring a check. And they're like, you're not in New York. You can't bring a check. So that was like the scary part for me was just randomly sending money to like an institution I had never met anybody from or never been to before. It's just like draining your bank account to some mystery number. Yeah, it was the entire bank account. Like I had a- Just wire the Nigerian prince, don't worry about it. Yeah, and it's just like, I hope it's right because like I can't replace the money. Like it's not like that. I can just put that back there in a year. Right, and it's like, I that kind of stuff gives me the really unsettling feeling about how money is just like- imaginary you know numbers in my bank account that are no longer there (laughs) it is really weird now what about you so Alex you bought in New York State what did you think of the process did you find would you find something anything surprising about it um I mean the whole thing was such a unexpected journey for me because I've never purchased um property before and neither has my spouse so we were both just like totally (laughs) lost the whole time or not lost but just every step it was like oh, okay, I guess this is how you do it. Um, I was totally blown away by the order of operations. Like the whole process kind of confused me. So it's like, you see this house, you go see it and you're like, I love it. I want to make an offer. So you kind of just like come up with this number that you're willing to pay without knowing much about it. You know, Um, Mm -hmm. it's like not until they accept your offer that then you do an inspection and a title search, which I had no idea what a title search was, and all of these things where I'm like, I don't know, this isn't this information coming kind of late in the process? Like, I already made my offer. Um, so that all of that was kind of wild to me. And the whole time, I'm just like, okay, I guess this is customary and how we're doing it. But it seems a little out of order to me. Um, and I'm sure right, there's rhymes for a reason, but some of it I just found so bizarre. But yeah, start high like you give them your offer and then with the inspection and the title search and all the other due diligence you do after the offer you can then try and negotiate further right but I think the whole time there's kind of this fear hanging over your head that they're gonna walk um Mm -hmm. and I'm I guess they have you know it works both ways I could also walk but it's like you know how bad do you want this house are you willing to kind of call someone's bluff or you know negotiate and risk losing it um, or do you want it so badly that you're just kind of willing to go with whatever, go with the flow? And I think um, that's just like the thing that I was surprised about because when I was buying a commercial building, I wasn't that attached. And this was like, I was a little bit more excited about buying a place. Yes, it's very emotional. It's very personal. Um, yeah, it's very emotional. And they say that the better way to be is to like not get attached to any property before it like all goes through. Right. Because- there's so many hurdles, but it's really hard because the only way you're going to put an offer in on the property is because you think you might want to live there. So right. like it's- you're imagining yourself there. Um, there. Yeah. So they're like, don't get emotional about it. Like don't get attached. And it's just like, well, the only way to know that if I want to spend all of my money and have no more right. money is how am I supposed to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on something I'm not attached to? Like that would be you know, kind of like dating. It's like, yeah. is he going to ghost me? Is he not? I don't want to like imagine us dating and then get like let down. Right. But you also can't yeah. be totally yeah. detached. It's not really like dating. Cause you're like, I'm pretty into him. Like I kind of like him. I could do this. I could see us together. And then it like mm. the deal falls through and you're like, darn it. Yeah. yeah it can, but it's more emotional. I feel 
than I think a lot of people say. Because you only, I mean, most people only buy a house, you know, one or two times in their life, probably, right? Right. So it, I definitely think it's more emotional and it's a much more draining, longer process, I think, than people like. Exhausting. It was like every day there was some new task I had to complete. Like the paperwork to get a mortgage was crazy. I felt like I was, um, you know, in the FBI or something. Uh, paperwork it's a ton of paperwork I know that's why I feel like sometimes um when we talked a little bit about this last time like you can definitely go get a pre-approved for a home purchase and but I think you really have to be committed to making it's like a serious financial decision and then it doesn't stop when you get the house right um and then the other thing that totally caught me off guard or I mean I was expecting it because New York is New York but Holy moly, property taxes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, okay, so you we're gonna have to factor that in when you're looking. Like, you cannot afford a house if you can't afford the property taxes every single year. So, um, are your taxes more than your mortgage or close or like? Uh, I don't know off the top of my head. <laughs> That's really bad. Um, <laughs> my spouse would know the answer to that. I don't think so, but it's pretty close I, and what you do with the taxes is you pay them in advance oh my god like you're you're paying so when you buy the house you pay for we had to reimburse the previous owners for the taxes they had already paid because when you're paying taxes you're paying for the following yeah, year yeah. does that make sense yeah I I know this because I bought in New York already and at the closing table now, granted, I was in personal finance, and so my attorney's office forgot to tell me that. They, they just assumed that I knew that I had to prepay, oh, prepay all my debt. And my dad was sitting next to me because he came for, like, moral support, and he's, like, he bites down on a Dunkin' Donut because they had, like, donuts. I think he only came for the donuts. And I was like, Dad, how was that donut? And he looked at me, and he's like, oh, it's great. And I was like, okay, because that donut was $7,000. Uh-huh. He was like, <laughs> And he was like, what do you mean $7,000? I was like, I'm $7,000 short for my house closing. And he was like, what? And I was like, that donut that you just, you just started eating is seven. I need you. I need $7,000, please. And thank God my father had it and was able to loan it to me because I had already written out all my cash. And I didn't know that, that the, my attorney had forgotten to tell me. I think they just assumed I had that. That's That's a pretty big forgetting though. Like that's pretty bad on the attorney. Yeah, it was super bad on the attorney. And they just, the attorney just looked at me and was like, oh, they didn't tell you about this? And I was like, uh, no, they, no, no one told oh me about this. Did you just say about this $7,000 you need right now, this second? Oh, my God. Like, you're sitting at such a big table. Yeah, no, they didn't tell me. I, they told me what the number was, and I assumed the number was inclusive of everything I needed to bring with me. And I was scraping by to get this office building because I had just bought a business. And this is another story about starting a business, but everything kind of came to a head at one time and I had to move and I didn't have all the money. And so I was scraping everything by when I bought the office building. And so I had just enough based on what the attorney told me. And so when they surprised me with the tax bill, I was like, uh, dad. Yeah. So here's, I, I looked up my, um, what my lawyer told me to show up with to closing with. Um, and so there's a bunch of checks like for the house, you know, um, which are enormous and scary, but then there's, we had to pay. We had to pay. The, we had to pay for title insurance, which yep. is basically a one-time fee, guaranteeing that the property is 
what it is, I guess. And there's no like right of way from the city or whatever. There's um, no liens on the property, meaning that nobody has like a debt against the property. Essentially. Right. Or there could be some, um, something that says that like the city's allowed to like build a road right through your property or something. And if you don't know that this is kind of covering you on that. Um, I'm doing a terrible job explaining that, but so that was wow. over $3,000. We had to bring a check for, I don't even know what this is, WSA recordings, but it was over $2,000. I think we had that's a, army recording. They have to record like the books and records or something. Oh, Maybe, yeah. okay. We had to bring a check for a tax check and that was the one reimbursing the previous owner for the taxes that they had paid. Um, Cause when they were paying taxes in 2019 they were really for 2020 so we had to reimburse them for that and then we take over from there and then I had to bring a check to pay the rest of the balance that we owed our lawyer so it was like these are just these crazy things on top of the fact that you're writing an enormous check for the down payment on your house like it's just so much money you have to show up with um, and then you move in and if you're like me or it's like your second home or your first home and you're moving from a smaller apartment or any of those things, there's just so much stuff that you need in the house. Oh, so much stuff. And then we also had a furnace issue. And on the day of closing, we did a walkthrough and the heat wasn't working. And bear in mind, this is upstate New York in January. It was like single digits. Um, so the lawyers decide we're going to hold $1,000 in escrow until we figured out if the heater was working or not. Um, because, you know, we're buying this house under the assumption that the furnace is fully functional. So we went, you know, we signed all the papers, we go to the house, and we think we got the heat working. So we're like, okay, release the money from escrow. We're all done here. But guess what? The furnace is not like the furnace is broken, but we're totally screwed because we already like made the deal and held the money back and then decided it was fine and gave the money back to the seller. So it's like now this is fully our problem, even though it probably originated oh my God. before. <laughs> and it's just like, that's the way it goes. I can't believe you're having a winter furnace problem. Like I'd rather have a furnace problem in the summer. Oh yeah, it is a nightmare because every day I'm like, are the pipes freezing? <laughs> I have to check the weather in the town. Like every, I'm like obsessively watching the weather because it is frequently, you know, in the teens and single digits up there. So it's very nerve wracking not having a, it, a fur, the furnace works sometimes, which is great, but um, also not great. Yeah, I know. I'm like nervous. Mine is going to go out again because I just paid for like the quick fix, and they're not confident that it's totally fixed, and so. <laughs> kind of always just like will it be on will it be off who knows yeah um, but yeah so these are things that Alex and I have like chatted about um you know when we're doing the pod and we thought that our lovely listeners would want to kind of hear about this and we thought Natasha might add some colorful questions to this I mean, so Natasha what do you think <laughs> yeah I, I'm gonna run forever no I think it's helpful just because I know I think the last time I was on the pod I was talking about you know hopefully looking to buy a house soon. But I think that's something you kind of forget about. Like the the houses in my area, unfortunately, it's kind of a, a higher property value. I was, I think I was telling you before, Barb, like if you want to get like a two bedroom um, or two bedroom, two bath and anything above that, it's like easily 300, 350. Um, so know that like that's a stretch. Mm -hmm. And then 
you have so many other costs now. <laughs> so, so maybe this is like a, a goal for 2022. But um, I guess since um, I know, Barbara, you bought your house kind of turnkey. Potter, was yours like pretty much done? Or do you feel like you have to put like more work into it? Um, no, we definitely wanted something that didn't need like a ton of work done. But um, there are these little things that pop up, you know, these little like $100, $200 things that really add up. Like yeah, there was some electrical crazy. work that needed to be done. Um, just stuff like that, that it's like, oh, no big deal, no big deal, no big deal. But when you add up those things, yeah. they really start to look like a big deal. Yeah. So yeah, and I always recommend that you like have a good amount for a down payment and that you have an emergency fund. And I think this is the reason why, because I bought a house that was renovated and had a great um, inspection report. Like I got what was known as the deal breaker, an inspector who really finds problems everywhere. And there were no issues. And there's already, you know, the furnace thing is potentially, hope to, hopefully not, but it was already a very expensive weekend and um, potentially could cost me more money, most likely in the future, hopefully not a new furnace, but it's going to be expensive. And that's without any other expense coming up. And that's within mm-hmm. five weeks of moving I, in. <laughs> like, so like, it's so important to have the emergency fund. Yeah. And I think too, like Potter actually, because again, I don't, I just rent. So I, I just mail one check a month, but I even think about like property taxes too. Like that's another check you have to send on top of your mortgage check. So yeah. Huh. Yeah. And it totally depends on where you live. Like New York state is definitely an expensive state. I would say Utah is lovely. Like the taxes are probably like 20% of what I'm paying in New York tax. Yeah. I think New York is a bit of an outlier there. Um, and luckily with, with property taxes, that information is all publicly available. So you're not going to be blindsided, but that is definitely something to look into before you even make an offer on a house. Cause that could totally change it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because if you look at your taxes and your taxes are going to be comparable to your mortgage or even 50%, then maybe if you can, you know, if you can just barely afford the mortgage, like I've heard a lot of people say like, oh, well, it's only going to be a hundred dollars more than my rent. My mortgage will be, well, but then you have to consider, yeah. you know, taxes and yeah. insurance, right? right. And maintenance. Cause the, the, the smart thing to do, I think is to always put aside money for maintenance every month. So for the months that nothing goes wrong, it, that's great. You didn't need it. But usually what happens, I guess what's happening to Alex and I is a bunch of stuff is going to go wrong at once. <laughs> when it rains, it pours. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Natasha, any other questions for us? No, I'm just kind of processing this all. <laughs> <laughs> um, kind of, kind of a shock, but I think it's good to know, like, and I think it's good that, you know, to, for me and like your listeners know this so far ahead, because I think like, at least I will be spared, like searching for a house and falling in love with one and then being like, oh, I cannot afford, you know, X, Y, and Z beyond the mortgage. So um, that's really good to know just to kind of make sure I have a little bit more save than what I initially thought. Yeah. And you don't want to like be, I think they say like up to your nose in the mortgage. Like you don't want to be so cash strapped that if something goes wrong that you can't afford it. And also you want to be able to not be stressed out when you're in there being like, well, I can't afford to put a bed in there or I can't afford. Or even just to be like, I can no longer go on vacations. Like my vacation will be to my living room, you know, just like not being able to do anything fun because all your money is just in the house. So totally. Barb, did you have kind of a number that you like when we were looking at what we could afford house wise, we set it so that if something if like shit truly hit the fan, we both 
somehow lost our jobs at the exact same time, you know, like absolute worst case scenario, we wanted to be able to, we felt comfortable having a year of mortgage and living expenses in the bank still. Um, That's Mm -hmm. probably a little conservative, but since it isn't our primary residence, we didn't want to be, you know, on the risky end with it. Yeah, no, I agree. I am very conservative, especially because I have people on payroll and I have, uh, you know, obligations with the business. So I probably have for my primary residence. Now, mind you, I have the office loan for the business um, or the office mortgage that covers the business. So I, I probably have at least, I think I have about two years on hand, which is probably excessive. And I also have rental income from this property, which, um, you know, is extra work. And we can definitely hear, I can definitely hear the Airbnb people when they're here. And I'm like, and then, mm-hmm. but it's like a, a, a short-term sacrifice to make sure that I can save more mm-hmm. money and be more comfortable financially. So I think that everything like, and I think I say this to all the guests, it's all about give and take. And it's not always forever. Like, I don't think I'll be renting out part of the house forever, but it's a good way when you're getting in the house, help cover the cost of the furniture and, you know, all the, any of the redecorating I want to do. And now probably a furnace, but right. and then that way I can also feel comfortable with the amount of cash I have given all the obligations I have, because I always have, I have a little bit of income coming in as well. And I've tried to, and this is something that I think um, I, I stress a lot. My, what I'm spending on my house on the mortgage is really only a hundred dollars more than what my rent has been for the last eight years. So I haven't increased my housing cost. Oh, okay. But I'm assuming your income has increased, right? Mm, so you're kind yeah. of mm-hmm. Yes. So my income has increased, but I haven't really ever increased my housing cost. So obviously what I was spending on rent goes a long way um, in New York City to Utah, but I also never upgraded my living situation in New York. I've always, I always lived in a walk-up, six-floor walk-up. I never went to a dormant building. I thought it looked lovely, and I'm sure it was, would have been very nice to have an elevator. Um, but I, it was just like a thing I did in my head to help me save more money. It was like, I can always just take the stairs, and I don't need the elevator. And so then I just... Had a yeah. Workout. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, so there's like all different ways that you can do it. So I but I definitely think being more conservative is important, especially when buying a home. And there you have it. <laughs> That's it. Any other questions? Are we good? I think we're good. But I yeah, I'm going to start saving more. <laughs> yeah, just in case. It's always better. It's always better to go in something and not be financially strained. It's always a no, much that, more that's a stress that is so severe. So yeah, <laughs> want to avoid well, that. For our lovely listeners, you can check out, we actually do a whole um, home buying section on our free class that is located at www.financial.com. And if you like our podcast, please rate and review us at iTunes. And we will be having more classes that are going to be coming out in the near term. And thank you for listening. Spring is in full bloom. Are your finances? With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, you can build credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments, all with no annual fees or interest. With Chime Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. Chime. Feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA. Members of FDIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com disclosures for details. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, 
you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.